my good friend Tina just told me something that her mom said to her. Her mom said to her, Tina, don't be turning weird on me. And my response to that is sort of the response that I, I've learned over time, which is being weird is pretty fucking awesome. And I, I've learned this because I think that I've understood the difference between being weird and being unique. I, I just like the, to use the word weird because it's, it's, it's broad and it's blunt and my, my preference is to be as forward as I can. The amount of shit I used to get for being such a weirdo is unparalleled to probably any alien species that lives on planet Earth right now. And I say this from experience. And uh, E.T. was a good friend of mine, by the way. I say this from experience. I learned over a very... Well, over, over a year, essentially... I really delved into my weird. And by delving into my weird, I recognized a few things. One of the things that I recognize is people don't really give a shit how weird you are. If you, one, if you, if you show overwhelming compassion and responsibility, that's all that people really care. Because, it, yeah, maybe you are weird, but you're a pretty fucking useful weird. You're full of positive energy. And on top of that, you're consistently taking responsibility for things that are outside of your control. And you shoulder those things on anyways, and you move forward. And on top of that, I don't quite understand what you're thinking, but you you think very useful things that that just will happen to be in alignment with things that may be necessary in the environment you are very practical creative my friend and so i think that by cultivating my weird was one of the most useful things that I was able to that I was able to do for myself and for others it's the reason why i can articulate myself in this way because i realized that the ability to articulate my my strangeness my ability to articulate the string of ideas that come my way in a way that's relevant and practical to the current situation is bloody useful. People absorb that. They're like, hey, I'm not the only one. No, we are legion, I promise you. See, the thing with being weird is chances are... Chances are if you think you're weird or if you've been called weird, it just means you're probably high in openness, which is a, a, a trait that they teach you in psychologically. It's one of the big five. And being high in openness just means you're, you're open to, to experience. And that's completely aligned with creativity. And if you're obviously high in creativity, you're going to express that through your modes of being. And your modes of being are, are going are gonna to be how other people are, uh, compartmentalize and align to and a line to explain how you look and if they can't really figure out what your look represents or what length because we all communicate with how we dress if they can't understand that how you dress or act and how that works in alignment with the world then they're going to say that that's weird weird just means uncommon or uncertain people don't people don't know what what it is so they call it weird that's not necessarily a bad thing at all it depends on how you want to take the world word i take it with pride i take it with, well, i shouldn't say pride but i i'm very pleased when i recognize how weird i am because that just means that i i, I have more stuff to work with i have extra tools in a toolbox that i can essentially uh if i can make if, if i can put in alignment then i can make some pretty practical things out of this maybe i can be a better comedian maybe i could be a, a better artist you know, of all the different arts that I practice, you know, I'm monster creative. But one of my favorite arts is the art of articulation. It's the art of ranting is sitting here on a podcast for you guys for just five to, t to 10 minutes and shooting off on a tangent that somehow relates and, and helps you understand yourself a bit more. So what is it to be weird? To be weird is to be more. It's to be more. And so many of you are going to get shit for it. So many of you are going to get shit for it.
because people know, don't know what it is and they have the best intentions and they realize, hey, you know, that weird thing that you're doing, um, you know, it might be better to fit in society if you did a little bit less of that. For most of us, that's not really a good option or that's not an applicable option, I should, I should say. Because for most of us, we can't control that. We are weird because our brains are wired more openly. And that's not a good thing or a bad thing either. It's, it's just there are layers to, to, to the life that we live in. There are layers to the community and the society that, that we inhabit. And one of those layers is people who are high in openness. People who are, are and, and I'm remembering some Jordan Peterson's work. I'm going to try to drag out his perspective and place it in front of you. One of the things that I like that Jordan Peterson talks about is that the role of the artist in society is something that I would term, if I'm going to try to summarize for a moment, is anamnesis. Anamnesis is one of my favorite words because it comes from the Greek word of the forgetting of the forgetting. It's literally what it means. The forgetting of the forgetting. All of us perceive things from in ourselves. The entire world is happening within you. We are all one. You know, that really cheesy-ass Buddhist idea. But let me bring it to baseline for you for a moment, right? Everything that you perceive to be a thing. The light. The, or, or the light. The, t- the chair. The table. Your environment. Your phone that's directly in front of you or wherever you're listening to me on. Right now. All of these things. You perceive them to be outside of you. Little unbeknownst to to you because of the way that you've interpreted the environment, at least linguistically, is the protons from the lights are reflecting off of the of, of your handheld device. That is being taken in by your corneas, by your eyes. It's being turned right side up because your eyes actually see everything upside down, but your brain recognizes that it's upside down, turns it right side up again for you. And then your brain interprets it through a meaning of filters. All these different filters. One of them, I mean, for one, let's start the earliest one, which is your cornea. We can only see about three main colors, red, blue, and green. And then most of the colors that we think we see are just collections of those three colors. And usually when, when your eyes can't interpret a color, it turns it into something like pink. And so that alone, I mean, that expresses a pretty good idea. We don't see everything we think we see. We don't hear everything we think we hear. A beagle can smell more smells than I can. Like, that alone tells you a chicken can see more colors in a rainbow than me. Wow. Right? Like, the fact that that's a thing astounds me. So your entire reality, everything that you term, everything that you believe is existing outside of you is existing inside of you. The universe is within you. That's, that's what it means. That's what the idea means. If I'm going to articulate what it means that when, when, when I put out the whole woo-woo idea that we're all one. Right? So now that I've laid that out. Anamnesis I really like because it's the forgetting of the forgetting. You forget that you have forgotten something of utter importance. And when you see something and you feel inspired and you feel awe. Sorry about that. I was just cut off. A customer came in. So the idea of anamnesis I really like because it literally means the forgetting of the forgetting. You can you you lose yourself in awe. You lose yourself inside of meaning, and you don't really know what to say about it. And that's that's why it's baffling. That's why art is the most priceless thing in our society and culture. It has a sort of value that we don't know how to explain. How is it that just some cluster of patterns on a piece of canvas brings forth feeling? 
And these things, the strangest thing about them is the reason why you're so consumed in awe is because these things exist inside of you. Your brain has the neurological patterns ready to accept this artistic form. When you look at a Mona Lisa, you, your, your eyes take in this pattern, but that pattern needs to have some sort of platform in your neurological circuitry just to be able to take that in. And you do. So what I'm saying is essentially, honey, you're the Mona Lisa. <laughs> if I'm going to put it in a really strange pseudo way, you're the Mona Lisa, honey. You are Da Vinci. Your patterns are the ones that outline these experiences. And so let's mix one plus one is two. So one is everything exists inside of you. Two is the forgetting of the forgetting. And, and, and that somehow these artistic things remind us of those things. And the role of artists, now back to Jordan Peterson, the role of artists seems to be to remind us, to narrate the, story, the stories that we're not completely aware we're living and so people who are high in openness, of course they're strange. They're associated to all these different strings of ideas. They're connected to something that we find hard to explain. We don't have the words for it. And we, 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 we we're very interested in it. We're very magnetically attracted to these directives. Hell if we know how to talk about it, right? But it's the role of the artist essentially to, to peak your perception to introduce you to something you didn't know was there and it was there because if not you wouldn't have felt it and this is why I say this, this is a call to be weird because you should be proud of your weirdness and well maybe not proud but pleased at the very least pleased pleased with the fact that you are involved inside of a world involved inside of a perception that people forget all the time and sometimes that can feel like both a curse and a gift to constantly be seeing that which is not. And that's, that's kind of where the idea of Shiva comes in. Some of us are slaves to Shiva. We're constantly seeing that which is not. We're not looking at the stars. We're looking at the space that holds them. And I feel like for artists, that's consistently what we do, which is why if an artist isn't, isn't expressing themselves creatively to the extent of their creative ability then the brain is going to come up with ways to creatively sabotage them and think of all the nasty and gnarly ideas that come into our experience. So I'll end it there. And uh, if you guys have any questions or you feel I didn't address something or you feel like I should, I should have gone over something a second time, uh, please feel free to shoot me a message. I'm actually really interested in feedback. Um, you know, any mistakes you feel I made or if, if any, uh, anything that you think that I did particularly well, I'd love to hear that. So um, thanks, thanks, thanks. Ciao, guys. Don't forget that if you're weird... There are ways to align yourself to the environment so that way you're, you're at least weird and useful. And maybe that sounds like I'm condemning you, but uh, I think it's important to recognize that we all live in, a, in, in that there are layers to, to what, what's going on. And we can't, or it isn't, at least it isn't practical. At least it isn't practical to just be involved in one layer and dismiss all the other parts of our being. And it's one of the reasons why I say that doubt is so important. Negative, what we consider to be negative feelings, they're not to be discouraging. 
They're meant to be challenging. And our life just aren't worth, isn't worth it without challenges. We're very nomadic creatures. Not just physically. Not only do, we, do, do, do our brains um, enhance neurogenesis when we begin to travel. And also synaptogenesis, of course. Um, feel free to look into these studies. Google is your friend. But emotionally and psychologically, we go through journeys too. We tell these stories and we suit those stories and we follow up with however those stories align best in the environment. And if we're going to align ourselves best in the environment, we need to take the reality into account. Not just what we want, but what is there. Sometimes we don't always know what's there and that's where practice comes in handy. So I would say... We do know that we don't know what's there, and that's what makes you weird, because you're aware of that which is not. And if you can apply that to what you do know, or if you can found that with structure, then you become a structured chaos, and that's pretty damn useful. You can lead by example that way. I mean, who knows what you'd be? Your potential would be phenomenal. Your potential is phenomenal, and no one knows what that looks like. I've had intimations of what that might mean. That's one of my favorite quotes by Jordan Peterson. I've had intimations of what that might be. Someone's full potential, fully realized, and taken past themselves. By adopting values which transcend themselves. And I think that that's sort of the importance of archetypes in so many of these religions that carry these values. These patterns of behavior that are more true than true. Anyways... Like I said, I'm going to end it here. Have a great day, guys. Or if you're listening to this at night, have a great night. Ciao. And uh, like I said, I'd love any feedback if it calls to you. Bye.